Hi everybody, this is Lucy and I'm adding this little chat before we get started with our show with Brooke Summer because of course since this was recorded a lot has happened and if you're listening to this in 2020 in the spring then you know we're in the thick of one of the biggest world crises that I've ever experienced actually so far, the bigger. So I didn't want to just jump in on a podcast and say, hey, you know, here's how we keep moving without acknowledging that you may be feeling some fear, confusion, wondering how to keep your business rolling along in the future, what to do in the short run. And I hope you are allowing yourself to listen to different podcasts and read things, get on people's webinars and masterclasses that are discussing that. Now, Brooke is going to be sharing a lot about websites. And one of the positives is that during this time of us being inside, that gives us time to do those things that often when we're in the thick of our actual jobs, whatever they are doing work, that upgrading things is a challenge. And so these are some good tips on how to upgrade your website and other cool things we're going to be talking about. So I'd love for you to think about this time in between feeling what you're feeling, taking care of yourself and your family, finding ways to handle the anxiety. Hopefully most of you aren't dealing with the health crisis, but I'm sure some of you are. So Besides that, when we get to thinking about business, think about this as if you're starting your career all over again. That when you first were like, oh, I'm starting a business, what did you do? What did you plan? How did you spend your time? Especially consider, as I said, improving everything, your marketing, learning to sell better. I have a course that I'll be releasing soon on how to be a master salesperson, and it will be out in about a month from when this recording is released. So it's a good time to actually listen to and do the things that grow us. So that as things continue to get better, and even now before everything changes in a big way, that you're moving in a positive direction and looking for opportunities now and creating them in the future. So thanks for listening to this and I will now start the show. So here's Lucy. Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. I have two quotes for today. Our job as marketers are to understand how the customer wants to buy and help them to do so. And that's by Brian Eisenberg. And another one I found is... Marketing is really just about sharing your passion. And that's by Michael Hewitt. And I just want to say hello, howdy, welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. If you haven't heard the news, I have a new self-study course on lucydumascoaching.com. And it is 12 episodes from a live 
coaching program I did, there are six basic lessons. So we have a lesson and then we have a Q&A recording and we do that six times. So you can go there, you can click on the button that says classes and learn more. And I want to thank you all for sharing and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. And that is it for now. So I'm so excited to introduce my new friend, Brooke Summer. She runs a successful boudoir and glamour photography business. And like me, she also loves helping photographers achieve success in their creative endeavors. She also has a podcast called Business Straight Up Podcast. You might want to check that out after you listen to this episode. And one thing I liked that she shared is it makes her heart happy to work with women in particular to help them feel amazing and realize their worth in her photography. So welcome, Brooke, and thank you so much for jumping on this call. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's very hard for me not to jump in and be like, yes, girl. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I was on her show, so you can look for that as well. That's what's so fun about this podcasting is we get to build new relationships with awesome people. Yes. Yes. So can you tell me a little about where you came from, how you started or what you're something interesting about? Sure. Sure. So in 2004, I had my first child and I became the mom of the camera that we all love to hate. And in 2006, I had my first paid session. I got paid $20 to do a senior session. I was so excited at my point and shoot. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I was a single mom when I started my business. I have learned the business side of business, which I believe is so important. I know that you and I have talked about that before. And then in 2011, I was laid off and I freaked out. And ever since then, I've been a full-time photographer running a multiple six-figure boudoir studio. I love that, that you, you know, sometimes I think some of us dinosaurs <laughs> that are still around and still working get a little nervous about the momtographers. And I love when I realize that a nice percentage of you become full-time photographers and learn how to make this work as a business and stop giving it away. So um, for yes. anybody oh listening, yeah, anybody listening that's like in my era that when all of this hit is like, ah, teach. That's why part of why I get out there and support photographers, because I know everyone that starts their business, they want success. They want to be profitable and they just don't know how. Right. And we all start somewhere, right? Yeah, I did. I remember yep. doing a hundred dollar wedding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at the time it seemed tragic, but I was going to photograph a wedding of somebody that worked at the booth next to me in the airport. I ran a little currency exchange business and uh, travel insurance in San Diego airport. And next to me was a car rental. So we were all set up, except I didn't get a deposit. I didn't have a contract. And her mother (laughs) said, absolutely not. We need someone that has photographed at least a hundred weddings. Oh, wow. And it, I, I was, it was like a stab in the heart, but at the same time, it made me realize that I needed to learn the craft and charge accordingly. So, you know, it, it actually helped me to have that and also to get some money (laughs) up front if someone's going to book me. So, 
Yes. Well, and like Maya Angela said, when you know better, you do better, right? So right. We figure it out and we make it work. Right. Right. And the thing I also know now is in the early stages, when we're working with friends and possibly family, it's almost always messy. <laughs> and it's a yeah. rite of passage. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it ever works out very well. At least it hasn't, I don't know, <laughs> stories. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the journey to yes. have people not respect us, that we charge, we undercharge. They expect more from us than we can give because we're new and it's natural. So what is your policy with friends and family? Kind of unconventional. If it is a family member or a friend, I call them hide the bodies friends. They always always say friends help you move, real friends help you move bodies, right? So if it is a hide the bodies friend for me, I just shoot for free because Mm -hmm. if I love them that much, then I will just shoot for free. I don't do any products for them though. So, but I will order something and then let them know the cost just Mm -hmm. because we all know how much that can add up, especially when you're looking at wall art and albums and all that good stuff. But if they're hide the bodies friends, then I'll shoot for free. Other than that, it's full price. I didn't want, you know, when you're trying to figure out percentages and like, well, I'll give you 50% off, but she only got 40% off. It just creates a mess. So I try to keep things as consistent across the board as possible. Mm -hmm. I have the same policy, either full price or free, but at the same time, the free ones like you, they need to pay for product. And I sometimes will have them put a deposit towards some purchase Mm -hmm. so that I know they're going to make the effort and let me do some printing because I don't want digital files just floating around in their world and not being printed. Yes. Which is so often what happens. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually broke my cardinal rule. There's a photographer coming to town and many people, I guess, mentioned my name. She lives in Texas to do a family portrait. And I decided just I'm so busy with many things to sell her files, but at the same time, I included one wall portrait that I will edit my way. That's the only way I would do it because, you know, I don't know her editing skills and yeah. So for me, even when I don't have to, (laughs) I make sure that people get some prints. Yes, definitely. So I want to get to some of our goodness that is you and your brilliance. Um, (laughs) You're kind of the website queen. I am. (laughs) And so let's talk about that first. You mentioned that people need to have a website that converts, (laughs) that they're not ashamed of. So uh, share some basics about do's and don'ts with websites and, you know, all things converting. (laughs) Well, first of all, so many creative business owners don't really know what converting means. I feel like we go into business and I did the same thing in 2009. I put up my first website. I was like, if I build it, they will come and everything Mm -hmm. will be amazing. And it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Mm -mm. So first everyone needs to understand that your website is your handshake to the world. Mm. That is what everyone will be looking at and judging you on whether we like to admit that or not. People are going to look at your website and if it doesn't look okay, if the buttons don't work, if it doesn't load properly, if navigation is confusing, they will judge your business based on that information. So we want to make sure that we are putting our best foot forward when it comes to websites. 
Now, part of our website is also the underlying stuff, the SEO that goes into that as well, but that's kind of a whole different conversation. So when it comes to websites that convert, I always joke, I'm so sorry, Lucy, can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> I guess so. If it's a, a, we'll take it out if it's an inappropriate word that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, the reason I ask is in my classes, I always say never be okay with a half-ass website. Always oh. use your full ass. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's, a, it's, that's a goodie. We'll leave that in. <laughs> okay, perfect. It's just so important to have a website that you're proud of. And I really want to end website shame for photographers mm. and creative business owners. So you think a lot of people are feel embarrassed about their website? Oh my gosh, yes. I go, so I teach locally quite a bit. And even if I just go to a networking event, people will hand me a business card and go, don't mm -hmm. go to the website. It's not quite where I want it to be. Then like you should not be including a caveat for your website. Right. That needs to be a strong representation of your work and your brand and how you help serve your clients that you want to attract. Mm -hmm. I even notice, I mean, it's the same thing. People will say, oh, the pictures are old. It's yes. like either don't say that or, or change those. Exactly. Uh, same with, this is a little aside, but I did weddings for 12 years. I don't know if you knew that before the 25 years doing kids and families. And I would look at somebody's ring and go, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. And 90% of the time they would say, oh, it's so dirty. <sighs> so it's that same kind of thing. Like even if you're not proud of it, the worst thing is to say, I'm not proud of it. Would you agree with that? Well, I, th I feel like I often feel or I often hear that when it comes to women in particular, like we can't accept a compliment that's right. given to us. And when we don't accept that, we're basically telling the other person, no, you're totally wrong. Right. And no one likes to hear that. That sucks. Why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves and to other people? So absolutely. I see that often we need to accept our compliments and we need to make sure that everything that we're putting forward is what we want our ideal clients to see, right. especially when it comes to your website, your social, all of that good stuff. Your website is your home base though. It is so important. So what do you think is most important for people to see and experience on a website? I believe based on analytics, based on research, based on all of this, that the two most important pages on your website are going to be your homepage and your about page. And so many people ignore that about page or just, they just put up a picture of themselves and they're like, I first picked up a camera at five years old and no one cares. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but no one cares. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that you like black coffee and trips to Hawaii. Right. Like no, everyone likes trips to Hawaii. Like yeah. no one's going to be like, no, sorry, you're going to offer me a free trip to Hawaii. I don't think so. I just, I feel like so many people do not take advantage of the opportunity that they have in their about page. And the home page is of course that home base, that main area where you can really showcase what you do and who you serve. Mm -hmm. So what, do you recommend for photographers on the homepage? On the homepage, well, there are five elements that you must have on your homepage. First of all, you need to have a headline. So some people call this a tagline, but no matter what you call it, you need to be able to explain what you do in one sentence. And it needs to be very clear. I hate this. I see it all the time in boudoir photography where people say, I empower women. 
okay, mm. cool. What does that mean? Like, does that mean that you're teaching them um, financial wherewithal? Does that mean that you're teaching them some sort of skill? Are you helping them with fitness? Like that Judo. Can mean so many different <laughs> things, right? Yeah, yeah, that can mean so many different things. So I really, really want to see people start embracing clarity on their webpage, especially in their homepage, in their headline so that they can explain exactly what they do in one sentence. So do you have an example? Sure. Well, I can share mine. Um, I work with women and couples to remember and embrace their inherent badassery through intimate portraits. So I work specifically with women and couples in primarily boudoir. I do glamour as well, but my main focus is to help women remember their value and to know that they are important, not because of who they married or what they do or who their parents are, any of that, but because they are who they are. Everything you just said is not your tagline. It's that first sentence, correct? Yes, first sentence, for sure. Be because I think what people do is they add, you know, one of the things I see is people having too many words and not enough strong photographs on a homepage. Because if people aren't like in love with our work, are they going to keep reading? So I like your idea, if I'm hearing you right, having one great sentence that's a tagline slash headline. And it so, actually turns into kind of the elevator pitch, right? Or right. when people in mom's groups tag you and say, oh, you have to talk with her, you know exactly what to put in that thread in social is saying, this is exactly what I do. I and the beauty of that is that it will either turn people on or turn people off. And it is okay either way, because if someone doesn't like that one sentence, you don't want to work with them anyway. They're not your client. Right. So you said there's five elements. So what's the second one? There are. So the first is a headline or some people call it a tagline. The second is who and how. Your visitors should know who you serve and how you serve them within five seconds of visiting your homepage. And quite frankly, five seconds is kind of generous. Usually we don't even have that. We have such short attention spans now. So your visitors should know who you serve and how you serve them right off the bat, very, very quickly. So when someone goes to my website, if a guy goes to my website looking for headshots, he'll know almost immediately that that is not my specialty. So and I'm does, okay with that. So how does he know that? It is a combination of images and copy. So I love what you had to say about showing your work as well on that homepage. I actually have a slideshow that has images, some of my top images with words on top of those. Mm. So it's a combination of the two because, you know, when we're shooting, we have white space in a corner or whatever. And so that gives me the opportunity to really speak to the person who is looking at my site. Mm. Okay. Number three, what else needs to be? Number three, number three, social proof. And I have seen so many photographers, in particular women, that are afraid to use these kind words that their clients have sent them. Their clients send them emails and rave about their experience and their photos, and they just kind of archive the email and they don't use that information. So on your webpage, on your homepage, you need to have at least one testimonial or array from a past client, ideally one that will address the primary fears that your clients might be facing when it comes to booking someone who does what you do. So that is not a testimonial page where you put a long, long list. It's, no. it's a nice quote. One of the things I 
I have that I've highlighted. You're helping me think even more about homepage, but it's something that would be like hiring Lucy as a coach was the best decision I've made in my business. Just that. Yep. It can be short and sweet. Name and a picture is even better, but in what I do, that's not always possible with boudoir. So a name, something to personalize it that is short and sweet. And most web builder, like I use WordPress and I'm very, very partial to WordPress because of SEO. However, Squarespace, WordPress, show it, they all have a way to put multiple testimonials in one area of your website. So this is not a page with several, but you can put two or three, but if, if you don't want to do that, just put one. Okay. Yeah. So in your case, it might be, I was a little worried that I'd be comfortable and she put me at ease and I've never felt more beautiful. Yes. If you have one, it is especially important to highlight those fears to help someone realize that A, they're not alone in thinking what they're thinking and B, that you can adequately address those fears to help them get over them. Mm -hmm. I like it. What I see sometimes is people have too much but having those key things, I think of a homepage as like a page in a, a full page in a magazine mm-hmm. that you're not going to have, you know, a novel to read. If they're trying to sell you jewelry or a, I don't know, pretty dress or a watch, but they're going to have some key things that really get your attention and yes, make you want to know more. So number four is what? Number four is going to be a call to action. And I do website Wednesdays. I do website critiques every Wednesday in my Facebook group. And one thing that I tell people all the time, I think it's been on every single review that I've ever done, is you need to have a call to action, ideally above the fold, so that someone can see it immediately without having to scroll. And what above the fold means, that's just fancy website speak for, before someone has to scroll. So if they're looking at a computer, then you want to have it where they don't have to scroll down to see a button or a call to action or something like that that tells them how to take the next step. Mm -hmm. Or if they're on a mobile device, same thing. Before they have to scroll down, you want to make sure that you have that call to action right there, right up front so that if someone, what if someone has already decided that they want to work with you? They don't need to see the rest of their website. Some friend told them that you're amazing and they are just ready to book. Why are you going to make them go through 20 different steps to book with you? Got it. So call to action would be what? A button or to sign up or to call you or? Well, in that case, it will depend on the overall goal of the page. And in my website course, we actually talk about being strategic in the goal that you want to have for every single page. So on my homepage, my number one goal personally is to get someone to contact me. I want them to reach out to me to get more information. Everyone else might have different goals though. It might be a call to action to subscribe for an email list. It Mm. could be a call to action to book a session. If you have online booking and you want someone to book very easily, that could be your call to action as well. So it just depends on your overall goal for your homepage. Okay. So something I see that I personally think is, I don't like it. It doesn't ever work for me is where the first thing that happens when you log into somebody's website is a little pop-up that either says schedule a session or get on my email or, yes. and I think of a website kind of like somebody trying to eventually get a kiss from you at a, in a social setting. 
Like mm -hmm. single people are, let's say in a bar and someone comes up to you, they make friends with you. They, they intrigue you. They show an interest in you. They ask you to coffee. They, you know, like it's a step-by-step. -step, and then that point where it's like, I'm going in for a kiss, <laughs> then you're ready for it and you're interested. Yeah. But if someone w walks up, sits down and says, Hey, I'd like to kiss you. Like, wait, I don't know anything about you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my feeling with those pop-ups schedule a session is like, I don't know anything about you yet. Why would I want to do that? What's your feeling on those pop-ups? So there are two different uh, types of pop-ups that you mentioned. One is to schedule and one is an email list. And they're actually very different things. Um, I personally don't like pop-ups either. And I know most people will say they don't like it, but guess what? They work. They work so well because it's a pattern interruption. So you're going about your day, you're looking at a website and all of a sudden something pops up and it snaps your brain out of what you were doing to mm -hmm. force you to look at this opportunity. So personally, I agree completely with you when it comes to scheduling a session. I would not put that in a pop-up personally. I think that's more of like, it's, it's like a dance, like dating. And it requires a little bit of getting to know you. And I feel like, especially with boudoir or newborn, things that you can't necessarily repeat easily, there is also a higher level of responsibility there. However, when it comes to email list, it works so well to have a pop-up. I know most people don't like them. I am one of those people. However, when you have something to offer to get someone to subscribe to your email list that is juicy and amazing, then they're not going to mind that pop-up quite as much. And I try to always teach my students, especially in the email marketing class, to have a lead magnet that people actually want. Mm -hmm. Don't have a pop-up that says, Hey, subscribe to my email list. No one cares about your email list. Yes. Like I, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but no one cares about your email list. No one cares about your newsletter. But when you give them a reason, when you have something amazing, maybe it's a checklist, maybe for newborn photographers, it's a hospital bag checklist. Maybe for boudoir photographers, it's a night before checklist. All of these things that people want because they're valuable, Mm -hmm. That is where I believe a pop-up offers more value than it does headache. I'm with you on that. And actually you've got my mind because I have, as people may know on my lucydumascoaching.com, I have seven step report for getting ideal clients. And I hadn't mm -hmm. thought about putting that as a, a pop-up. Are you saying that as soon as someone logs in, a pop-up would show up or that after you've had a chance to review and kind of get excited and interested than a pop-up with a, with a free gift shows up. I think that that will depend primarily on the software that you're using as well as what your ideal client prefers. So if you know your ideal client is super pressed for time and they just want to get in, get out, get everything taken care of, then it could be right away. Personally, I think I have mindset for either seven seconds or 10 seconds. I use a software called Pop-Up Ally. I believe it's $70 a year, something like that. It's not super expensive. Pop-Up A-L-L-I. A-L-L-Y. Yep. Ally. So kind of like an ally. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. My son but, is obsessed with World War II history. So that's uh, exactly where my life is. Yeah. <laughs> 
But Pop-Up Ally actually has so much capability. So you can choose whether if someone has been to your website more than once, maybe they don't see it the second time, Mm. which is fabulous for existing clients, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can also split test your pop-ups, which is crazy valuable. Mm. So maybe Lucy, you have the seven step framework, but maybe you also have a different freebie and you can split test that to mm. see which one does better. Actually, yeah, it's an amazing both, software. They're both on, one is on an ebook, a free ebook. Yes. And I have that, I just have a button on my homepage and then the other has its, its own tab. So that's a good idea. So and that split testing is so eye-opening yeah. to see because a lot of us think that we know what someone wants, right? But I even do this in photography with my clients. Like when I narrow down the year to my portfolio, including what's released and what's not, all that good stuff, I will put it up to a vote for my clients and my past clients and say, which images resonate with you more? Mm. And it is amazing to me to see what people pick because it is not the things that I would pick. I'm looking at it as a photographer, I'm like, oh, look at those lines. Look at the lighting. Mm-hmm. Look at all this. And they're like, oh, I really love the way she's laughing. Right. I really like the way that she feels comfortable there. And so this split testing is crazy valuable and pop-ups are just one way to do it. I love that. And when I was redoing my website, um, which I only recently realized doesn't work that great on a phone <laughs> in terms oh, of seeing the pictures. Yes. So please don't judge me anyone by that. No, that's okay. Every, this is all so hard. But um, I did a Facebook, on Facebook, I posted pictures I thought would be good for the website. I posted a gallery of like 30, 40 photographs and had people just put stars by the ones they really liked. And it was surprising, the ones that that were the bigger hits. Some were not surprising at all, but yeah, it also was good marketing for people to see, uh, you know, and it, it got lots of attention because I got lots of stars and, you know, Facebook yes. enjoyed that. And of course I didn't put any duds. One of the well, things- sure, it's your best work. One of the things I see people doing too much, and tell me if you agree with that, is- too many pictures, like it's a catalog and showing everything you can possibly do. (laughs) And one of the problems with that is people get, A, they get worn out and B, the weakest picture on our website is the one that will impact how they perceive us. Yes. So what's your thoughts on that? I agree completely that the weakest picture, the it's like that, what was that game show? The weakest link? <laughs> you are the weakest link. <laughs> yes, yes. That is exactly true. That is what they're going to judge you on. As far as too many photos, I've seen so many schools of thought on this. So many people say 10 in a gallery. My clients have actually shared with me that they love going on and spending some time there. So Mm. I think it comes down to your ideal client and what they really want to see. Because some people are open to spending more time there and some people are not. If you have, again, that client who's really pressed for time, then you're just going to want to put 10 amazing photos up and that's it. Mm. But I have also recently, the last iteration of my website, when I did it, I added in, I now have seven galleries on my website and they're all boudoir. Yep. 
they're all boudoir, but they're all different types. And my clients have shared with me that they absolutely love that. So you really just have to know your ideal client. And one thing that so many people don't do, and I don't understand this hesitation, is if you have worked with a client that you loved, everything about them was amazing. You just had an amazing experience, even as the person that's supposed to be offering the great experience, you just loved them ask them these questions. Make it super simple. Just send them an email. Tell them to reply to your email. It doesn't take much to ask. And if they can't answer, they won't. But at least you asked and you'd be amazed at the feedback that you can get. So I know one of the things you are excited to share is a a bit of a deeper understanding of how to recognize your ideal client. So can you share a little about that? Definitely. Your ideal client will be so crazy important in really nailing your marketing. I knew that it was really, really important. It has helped me so much in my own business. And so for that reason, when I started my podcast, I actually made the first episode about the ideal client because I knew that I would refer back to it over and over again. So I knew episode one was the ideal client. It is something that will define all of your marketing, your messaging, and everything when it comes to your website, your social, everything, and knowing what your ideal client prefers, what they love, what they value will guide you so much in designing your website. But how do you figure that out? You know, where they live, their income, where they like to shop, you know, all of that. Is that what's important? You know, I wouldn't say that that's not important, but when you're really determining your messaging, where they live is not going to matter. When you're deciding what to say, where they live doesn't really apply to that. So instead, I usually ask myself things like, what do they fear? What are they worried about right now? What are they most excited about? What do they value? My ideal client has a transformation that's happening in her life. That may be a divorce. It could mean a child that's graduating high school and going into college. It could mean so many different things, but ultimately she is looking at a transformation and wondering what is going to happen in the next year of her life. What she makes is not a part of that. Now, do I want to make sure that my clients can afford my services? Absolutely. But I also have clients that save up for five years to work with me because right. they want to work with me so much. So often the income levels, the cars they drive, the stores they shop at are used as defining characteristics. And I don't believe that that is a definition of an ideal client. Does it matter? Yes. But is it the defining characteristic? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Are you familiar with Charles Lewis? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, he is the godfather of wall portraits. In fact, one of my Facebook friends posted a photograph from 30 years ago of a oh, class. Wow. There are 20 people in the class that Charles Lewis gave. And mm -hmm. astoundingly, of the people I knew on that, all of them have had highly successful businesses, are still in business, and are teaching others. Two of them have been on my podcast, Bruce Edson yes. and Jeff Lubin. And I plan on looking at that list. <laughs> so Let's see. The moral of that story was he always talked about the importance of finding clients that for him are warm, fuzzy people that he kind of yes. coined that in our industry. And the amazing thing is because he impacted me so much, Charles Lewis as well. Statistically, 
how many people give a workshop and 30 years later, large number of those people have been the most successful people in the industry? Yes. Probably pretty low, but anyway. So so rare, yeah. Not a commercial for Chuck, but he's the one that defined what I think you're going for is it's not about always the exterior, but there's interiors, there's life situations. So how would you know, like, how did you figure out that was who you wanted to attract that would be attracted to you? People in transition, how'd you figure that out? It's funny. So many people have kind of a different answer to this. For me personally, I have found that often our ideal clients will be very similar to a previous version of ourselves. Mm. So for instance, I have been through abusive relationships. I have been through divorce, some hardships in my life that were really challenging and scary and I made it through. And so many of my ideal clients have now also been through these things. Mm. Helen back and instead of just raising themselves up out of the ashes, you know, the phoenix rising up out of the ashes, they're raising other women too. And that's Mm. who I attract and that's who I want to attract. And because of that, I am very specific in all of my messaging. And I've also found that your why is so important to who you want to serve. Why do you do what you do? What type of impact do you want to have? Why did you even get into this? Because most photographers don't go into photography to get rich. Right Now, that's a happy side effect, but usually we love the creation, the art, and the things that are behind it. We want families to have amazing memories. Maybe we had, our wedding was terrible and we want to make sure that brides (laughs) have a good experience. You know, there are so many things that happen in our past that color our perspective for the future in what we want to do to impact our clients. So what I'm hearing and what's resonating with me about, you know, my situation is that ability to dig deep into our essence, what kind of defines us or motivates us. In my case, even though I know now as an adult that I was deeply loved, I did not feel it from my father because Mm -hmm. my love language is different than his. And also he was a pastor and I was the youngest. So I was part of this ministerial team in a way. Mm -hmm. I felt like my value was as part of the team to make sure dad's ministry looks good, which is the farthest thing from the truth. So my passion for photographing children and children with their parents individually and together is so that when they look at it, they know how deeply special and beautiful and loved they are. And I've thought about if there was a portrait of my daddy and I, where I just saw the spark in his eyes when he looked at me or Mm -hmm. held me, I probably would have dated a lot more good guys and, (laughs) you know, would have changed my future. So I just love that. Well, before we run out of time, I've got number five, just burning a hole in my pocket (laughs) to know what the fifth one is. So number five is actually kind of a bonus. Can you do your website without it? Sure. But you are doing yourself a big disservice if you do not have at least 300 words of text with keywords that are not written for robots. So many photographers just want their work to speak for itself. And I understand that and I get that. We want to know that we're being hired for our art, for the things that we've created that we've worked so hard on. But the reality is that that's not how the search engines are going to find us. So you need to have text on every single page, especially 
especially on your homepage, at least 300 words of text. And you can put it at the bottom so people don't even see it. Like it does not have to be front and center, but it needs to be on that homepage and it needs to be very clear. Mm. And not just a list of keywords like we used to have in the past, right? No, no, no. That's called keyword stuffing. Bad idea. <laughs> keyword stuffing. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. I also, there was a post on Facebook where somebody blogs every single session that they do. Mm -hmm. And when I was at WPPI, I went to the what's working in social media class. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, no. Don't do that. It <laughs> likes words, words, not pictures. So yes. where do you stand on what would go in a blog? Uh, you absolutely need to optimize your blog post for SEO. That's actually one of my free resources I have on my website is a blog post SEO checklist because it is so important that you are optimizing every blog post for SEO. Most people don't know that every single page on your website can be SEO specific, mm. meaning that if you are a San Diego family photographer, you can keyword and set up one page on your website to be specific to that. And then another page on your website can be San Diego newborn photographer. You can do every page individually. So it is crazy important. A blog post is another page on your website to have those optimized. Now, should you blog every session? That will be up to you. For me personally, I give priority to my clients that respond to their blog feature, meaning I send them out 20 questions. We ask that they answer about five mm. and they send back my blog post so that I don't have to write everything, mm. which is fabulous. It also gives them the opportunity to tell their story in their own words and the way that they want to tell their story. And some people only give us a few answers and some people write a book. So it just depends on what they're open to sharing. But I will absolutely optimize those posts for sure. You are so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about making my life a little bit easier. I got yes. two kids in three schools. Life oh, gets crazy. <laughs> oh gosh. And a broken foot. Oh my What's gosh. That? So <laughs> we don't last week was WPPI. And the week before that, I stepped off my porch. I sprained my ankle and I split my head open. I had staples <sighs> in my head. Yeah. Good time. So yeah. I was walking around WPPI in a boot. It was definitely a very scary experience, but so funny when you think about your why and the way that you want to affect people. I had clients reaching out to me, offering to bring me meals because yeah. I have affected them in my work right. and the experience that I offer them. When I was talking with my students on the other side, on the teaching side, my business did not come to a standstill because I couldn't move for a week. Mm because I had put into place these systems and these things that continue going, even if I can't go. And these things are so important and they're so often ignored by creatives. And I so want to see website shame go and the cliche of the starving artist can go. Yes, it's done. We all oh my gosh. get to eat well forever. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It needs to go. What it you do is go. valuable. Yes. It matters and it's valuable. Yes. So before I say goodbye to our wonderful guest, I want to remind you to stay tuned for the wrap up and also to go to Lucy Dumas 
coaching.com and look for that tab that says classes and you'll learn about my online course. It's the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy. And I want to know two more quick things from you, Brooke. Yeah. How we get in touch with you. I know you have a special offer. And then if there's one last burning thing you want to make sure people go away with. Oh go. man, <laughs> one last burning thing. That's hard. I have so many things I want people to go away with. First of all, if you want to get in touch with me, my website is businessstraightup.com. All one word. Yes, that is three S's. Businessstraightup.com. You can email me there. You can get all of my freebies there. I have so many free downloads and resources to help you. I also have a website course that has been wildly popular. And I actually, it's so funny when we open a course and then we shut it down, people are like, no, 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 my friend has to get into. So we had to reopen it. It is something that is crazy valuable. If you want to update your website and get rid of your half-ass website, because you should always use your full ass, right? (laughs) My course, Spiff Up Your Site, will be launching again in May. And I do have a special offer for all of the listeners, $50 off the course and All you'll want to do is use the word Lucy, L-U-C-I, all lowercase as your promotion code, coupon code, all that good stuff. But if you head on over to my website, download one of my freebies, you'll get first access. Great. And so that burning last something. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that all photographers need to know and embrace and really, really internalize in your soul, in your heart, in your brain, that what you do matters. Yes. What you do is valuable. When we look back at, and I'm kind of immersed in this because my son is obsessed with World War II history, but when we look back at World War II, yes, there are books written, but what do you look at first? When you look at the book, you look at the picture. Mm-hmm. And the photo will show you so much things that we can't even put into words. What we do matters. And yes. we need to remember that we need to charge appropriately. And we need to know that we are changing lives and impacting people through our work. Yes. And not just the lives today. Yes. Lives Legacies. forever, which is why yes. we want to get them printed also because the digital files are not necessarily going to be forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> That's another topic for another Right? Yes, definitely. Well, thank you, Brooke Summer, so, so much. It's clear you and I are kindred spirits in many ways (laughs) with our passion for photography and also for helping people do things in a way that make them more successful, which impacts the world in a bigger way. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you and I can't wait to see more of what you do. Thank you, Kate. Bye for now. Bye. Oh, that was great. I really love having these rich conversations and learning things. I'm not the queen of websites. I have perspective on it and I learned lots of other great tips and I'm going to review them now. (laughs) So she talked about the five elements that we must have in a website. One is a headline that summarizes the essence of who we are, kind of like what we might do in what we call the elevator speech. You know, needs to be something that is catchy and memorable, I think. Number two is communicating who we serve and how we serve them within about five seconds. So she does a slideshow with words 
And that gives people two different visual cues as to, you know, what we're all about, why they might or might not want to contact us. <laughs> because someone was looking for photographs of their motorcycle, they would learn quickly when they go to Brooke's website. That's not what she does. Number three is social proof on the homepage. So she suggests some simple raves, not miles and miles testimonials, but some short and sweet testimonials with the picture and the person's name is always good. Number four was a call to action. And she likes those pop-ups. I find them, if they're on every page, every time, not something that I really enjoy, but she says that they actually work. And I loved thinking about the potential that some of my gifts to have that in the form of a pop-up could be even more powerful. So I'm going to think on that. And we talked a lot about knowing our ideal client, what they fear, what keeps them up at night, what excites them, what they value. And I thought this was so good. If we think about previous versions of ourselves, that's a clue to an ideal client. And I would say with my coaching and my training, I definitely pass the information on and support people in the way that I wish I had had earlier in my career and that I have had once I realized that hiring a coach was going to get me farther faster. I absolutely loved going to workshops and seminars and conventions. And so, yes, I was my ideal client in previous versions. <laughs> so I love that. Number five, she said, we want every page to have words, sentences, phrases that capture keywords, not just a list. It needs to sound like conversation, but at least three 300 words on our website that will be searchable. Sorry about someone calling in. I don't know about you, but these days my telephone rings on my computer. <laughs> anyway, so thanks again for joining us and keep on listening and sharing and doing those reviews in iTunes. And I'm sending you a great big virtual hug. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.